Hey, I'm Catherine Weaver. You're listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. And here are my thoughts on making your partner look good. The Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Bronnie. Hello there, welcome. Good to have you. Thanks for being here. It's already Feb in 2021. It's mid-Feb. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, this is the first episode of the year. Uh, that's crazy. I'll tell you what happened. Life and work went back to normal-ish and uh, maintaining a podcast week to week Uh is proving difficult. <laughs> uh, but working on how to make it work, and there will be shows still throughout 2021. The release schedule, I don't know, uh, but however however it comes out, it will remain a good supplement to your training at the Improv Conspiracy, and hopefully to your training uh, in improv, no matter where you are or where you go. Hopefully there's something in it for you too. Um, our guest today Catherine Weaver, an absolute legend of the Melbourne improv scene. She is the artistic director at Impro Melbourne. She's an improviser, actor, director, and cool cat. And today she's talking about making your scene partner look good. It's a really fun talk that we recorded uh, at the end of 2020. Um, and I've since done some shows. We both, I think, in the episode we talk about missing improv. I've since done some. It was nice. Good to be back. Now we're in another lockdown. I had two shows cancel on the weekend. <laughs> These are the days of our lives. Without any further nonsense from me, I think we'll get onto it. Hey, if you like this episode with Catherine, uh, there is an Impro Melbourne podcast that I'm plugging right now called Are You Awake? It's in the show notes. Check that out. Otherwise, please enjoy Catherine's thoughts. A long, long time ago... Uh, because I have been improvising for a long time now because I got old suddenly. Um, I uh, was just about to go on stage and I was so nervous. My lips had become numb and my fingers were tingling and my toes. And I turned around to someone and I said, I'm so nervous about going on stage. And they're like, oh, you're thinking about you, huh? And I was a bit shocked at the time and a bit hurt, but it was true. I was thinking about how I wanted to be good and impress other people. Uh, I was thinking a lot about the show and uh, what I wanted to do. And I hadn't been thinking about my partners. And one of the philosophies in improvisation that I really love is make your partner look good. And it's something that I rely quite heavily on as a teacher. It's one of those sayings that once you have it there, you can pretty much teach any room and give notes that might have been harder to give otherwise. So for instance, if you're teaching a bunch of teenagers and they're all very rowdy, if you're talking about making your partner look good and treating us with respect, like we treat them with respect. And so suddenly there is this condition that together we play together, making each other look good. And then you can give each other notes like, oh, hey, Jeffrey, when you did a spec on Tom, that wasn't making him look very good. Like he ended up collapsing on the ground. Uh, and yes, I really have uh, seen that. It was one time when I set up an exercise called I am a tree and 
the boys were in year nine who were like, yeah, I am a tree is all about doing speckies on each other. And I'm like, no. When teaching it to new improvisers as well, what it does is it removes the fear off that person. So instead of trying to be so good, if I start pointing out the stuff about our partner, like watch their eyes, are they having a good time? Look at their forehead. Uh, because we focus a lot on uh, happy failure, looking at the, your partner and going, are we having a good time? And if not, again, let's chuck it away, start again. Uh, it starts them really playing. And before they know it, they've stopped thinking about themselves all the time and once somebody is in that place where fear has been removed like Keith Johnson always talks about if there wasn't fear I wouldn't have to teach you a damn thing you know once that fear is removed and someone's at ease they end up looking like a genius because everything just flows out of them and that's what I do a lot too I spend most of my time teaching trying to remove fear um and with the make your partner look good that kind of goes hand in hand so part of making your partner look good too is really starting to know your partners and i'm quite a physical improviser so i love it when people pay attention to my physical offers and it also means as a teacher quite often uh, if i have people who are very uh, very verbal, uh, and maybe their fear comes out in verbal, so they talk a lot. I'll quite often give them a cue to be quiet and notice what the person who is doing behind them, who's a physical improviser, and so suddenly they start speaking each other's language because otherwise sometimes the physical improviser can get unnoticed and sometimes drift away. So really making sure that people are paying attention to their partner and making each other look good means that it's a more even playing space for our stage as well. And then people of all different types of personality and talents can be on that stage. So this one time, I was thinking of this one scene. So we do a show called Maestro, which is a Keith Johnston format, where there's a director who sets up players um, and me and Rick Brown were in a scene once and Patty Styles set us up and said, you two are coming home with a new baby. Um, and every time you leave the room, Catherine, Rick, you're going to sing a song about what it's like to be a new father. And so I came on and every time I left the room, I was like, why am I leaving the room? And then like my character just came back a little bit more drunk each time. Um, and so Rick was singing these songs and I was coming back a little bit drunk and it ended up with the scene having him singing this beautiful song about how much uh, he loved me as his wife and he was never going to leave me and he knew that there was faults but he was going to be there to support and me dancing drunkenly in the background. Um, and... I just love that because if all those three people, like Patty working to make us look good, you know, I do not have a good voice. I don't sing in public very often uh, because people pay money to see shows. And, you know, sometimes as a trick, great. But do you want to see me sing a love song? No. So, but Rick is a very clever improviser with words and with song. And so that makes him look good. 
and then me being able to do physical stuff in the background and him noticing it and taking it to a place where the audience laughs and enjoys the music but also feels just a little bit sad right like because most of us do have an alcoholic in our lives or we know of one and so we're like oh I can kind of identify with that and it, it gets them thinking and I love that about theatre that you can make an audience laugh but you can also make an audience go home chewing on something. Immediately, you just reminded me of I've done one maestro uh, with Rick Brown where he slayed the entire time. And now, in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, he did sing in that show. (laughs) (laughs) So someone knew that that boy is very talented at singing a tune. And he he sang with Mario, actually. Mario comes up on on the podcast all the time because he's my buddy. And I remember being... I was out. I had already been eliminated from the maestro. And I remember being on the sidelines, being like... Mario has to sing and I just knew that like his fear would have been bubbling so high (laughs) in him but then he was delightful and really held it with um, Rick it was awesome the fascinating thing about this is I think it's easy to forget with like making a partner look good it's like people hear it in level one or in their first improv class and like it sounds nice in theory but it's like a lifelong pursuit to remember it every show because even like knowing that it's going to make my it's A, going to make my job easier because I'll be thinking about, I'll be worrying about what I say less. And B, it's going to make my scene partner have more fun. It's still like the heart, like I have to physically remind myself before every show. Because <laughs> if I don't, if I don't like voice it to myself, I will just automatically human style go out there and think about me. It's interesting because our whole world um, and, you know, and pro philosophies are so great in, in everyday life. And our whole world is very self-focused nowadays like we don't work as a team very often um and in corporations quite often you are in one job for two years you work your you know work really hard and then you get promoted so you don't ever have to deal with the consequences either so it makes a lot of sense that this is actually quite hard for people to put into practice and it takes a little bit of removing an ego but once you're in that place and in that flow of just looking at your partner and being like oh, what what are you bringing like whatever you bring I'm just gonna accept it and build on it and we're gonna have so much fun things flow so much better it is interesting and it's definitely something that has to be kept reminding i find that sometimes i don't know if you've ever come across this (laughs) improvisers after they've been learning to improvise for a while and it happens pretty much in everything right like Mm -hmm. if somebody's been working in a job for two years or if somebody has been learning a language for two years or somebody has been doing anything for about two years you go through a little bit of um a phase of, oh, I know how to do everything. (laughs) And, you know, everybody goes through it. It might be loud, it might be quiet. And that's usually the stage where you kind of have to like tap the improviser and be like, hey, remember, make your partner look good. Like when you come off stage, it should be about, oh, like what gift did I give that person? How did I make them look good? How did I help the show rather than, (laughs) Such and such blocked me. <laughs> such blocked me. <laughs> uh, 
it's fascinating you say that because a i see it often still and b i like i'm still it's still so fresh in my mind of when i was doing that like <laughs> yeah like go you go through a, a somehow a somehow like bad improv shows come in like months at a time like you'll do a whole month of bad improv and uh yeah i, I remember early on in one of my Harold teams like just pointing the blame uh, not not out loud but to myself like pointing the blame buddy everywhere else like just like oh they weren't listening to me oh and it's like not once did I think like I wasn't being clear <laughs> <laughs> um it, it is totally that like yeah that just you get that little bit of confidence or and that that becomes and then with fear mixed into confidence it just becomes a bit of like weird arrogance and yeah. And then you're a bloody menace. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually you have a fall and then you end up like for me, um, I feel like I've ended up in a place where uh, <laughs> I'm still an emperor addict. I've been improvising since I was like 22 and I'm just about to turn 40 and I still love it. <laughs> the longest I've ever had away from it was three months when I went around Europe in a van and I'm always up for learning new things and learning new styles and learning off different teachers and adding new tools to my basket. And I'm always thinking, oh, what could I add? Like, let's face it, I need to do singing lessons because Catherine, you're going to be asked to sing on stage sometimes. So you should really look at that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I did start them for a little while, but uh, I don't know. The teacher knew I was in theatre, so they thought I knew more than I did. Yeah. I sing A, C, the lot of my. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've ended up in that place where you're just like, actually, I am who I am and bringing new info. And... Yeah, I, like, I, someone who I asked to be on the podcast who hasn't been on yet, um, their first response to me was like, oh, I don't know if I'm appropriate because I consider myself a student of improv. And I was like, "Oh, dude, me too!" Like, just because yeah. I'm just because I'm hosting the podcast, I'm not I'm not suggesting that I am the be all know all guy. Yeah. Um, and part of it is like, let me hear all these people talk to me about things that they think because they're thinking things I don't know that they're thinking, and probably that I'm not thinking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm always super keen to to find more. And uh, you you mentioned being an improv addict, and like I can relate to that as well. But I find that the addictive part, and I try to talk to students about this in like whenever they're starting to do a Harold or whatever, um, anything that's got like a large ensemble and it really requires you to give over and like expect the unexpected and, and, and fold it into whatever's happening. I'm always like, this is the addictive part. Like if you really let go and like let the show take you wherever it wants to take you, that's the thing you'll get addicted to. But if you constantly check in with your own creativity and like drive it somewhere that won't be as addictive because eventually you'll just be like oh, i keep driving i keep driving the same spots because <laughs> you're just you like you're a limited resource whereas like the accepting of ideas is an infinite resource yeah. because like they're always different and them plus you is always different yeah and it it means that um you can you can play with anyone too right like yeah. um i just I don't really remember the scene that we did when we went met at the New Zealand Empire Festival. Uh -huh. um, but I do remember you looking at me and I suddenly went, oh, this improviser's watching me. <laughs> and it's so 
it's so exciting because yeah. obviously sometimes I play with newer improvisers and it's okay. Sometimes they are kind of focused on um, getting it right or putting in a line of dialogue and you realize they're not quite watching. So how can you put them at ease as another player? How can I make this nervous person feel better and make them look good? Mm, but yeah. when you jump on stage with someone and they're just looking at you and you're like, Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> We're both here to yeah. make each other look good and play. And if I do a physical offer oh. Bronny saw it. Like he is not just in his head looking out. He's actually taking into account all of my offers. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is on. Oh. <laughs> really don't know where it's going to go. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when you can trust that, that that relationship is reciprocal, it's so, so nice. There's a thing that happens. Uh, tell me, Tell me what you think about this. I'm sure you've experienced it. When like someone will initiate, let's say they've initiated, they're rowing a boat on stage and we have this so many improvisers including myself at times we have this um habit of like coming onto the stage and like giving a reason to stop rowing rather than like <laughs> a reason to row harder <laughs> it's like uh you know Catherine's enjoying rowing so what i should probably go do is make this the funnest row ever um but instead i'll come on and be like oh my god oh my god this the boat's sinking stop rowing <laughs> You know, it's like, what can I do to make a standstill and park and bark at each other? For me, that's um, where it comes into an advanced point. Um, so we might need to do a bit of translation here. So Sweet. platform is your premise. A base reality, yeah. Base reality. Yep. And then what do you call that point where you've established your base reality mm -hmm. and something needs to happen? Uh, that's the unusual thing. Great. Yeah. Um, so we call that kind of the advance point in a story. So right. someone's rowing and they're enjoying it um, and you're on the side and you know that something needs to happen rather yeah. than you're just coming in because you're like, oh, I want to be on stage. But if you're like, <laughs> oh, actually something needs to happen, they don't uh -huh. want to just be on stage by themselves. Uh -huh. If we stop the rowing, we stop the story from progressing and then we don't have to improvise. So it's still one of those things where it's like we are afraid to actually improvise. It's like... I say this a lot in classes, like we all want to improvise, but our subconscious does everything we can to not improvise. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, cause once you stop the rowing, then you have to create a new base reality. Yeah. Like, and then get to that point again. So uh, yeah, it's just about that whole, yeah. Once again, yes, Andy, making our partner look good and jumping into that unknown. Cause if you stop rowing, you can kind of control what's happening. And it's like a secret way of like not improvising. I remember I did a, um, my old team small car, we hired Patty Styles for um, a session and we did an exercise where um, I'm sure you've done it before. Sorry. You get her on this podcast. She's a genius. Oh yeah. She is on the list, my friend. <laughs> um, she uh, gave us this exercise, which I'm, I'm assuming you're familiar with, uh, where someone's initiating and then, uh, we come on to join it and we get clicked off if it's like if the initiator feels like it's halting their their joy or their impulses to go forward yeah um and that was very eye-opening to us <laughs> uh, especially because like that team we were very like let's go sit in three chairs and chin wag for a bit but that was like really finding out you know what my what makes mario tick and what like what excites him. And it was like so often not what I would have thought would excite him. It was fascinating. 
Yeah, I love those exercises and I love playing them with people that you've played with for so long because I've found the same thing. Uh, Jamie Serta I've played with for since the beginning of time. I remember doing a, I don't know if you've ever done the exercise, what comes next? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, oh no, we were just doing yes, let's. And, but you could happy nope it. So it would be like, oh, let's blah, blah, blah. And the other person would be like, nope, or yes, let's. And then they would do it. Right. Um, and I love the freedom of just being able to throw out anything to him and see what lights him up. And once again, some of the things I would throw out, I'd be like, really? You want to do that? All right. <laughs> and then the information, once again, goes into making your partner look good. Yeah. Like, it just becomes a whole nother level once you start really knowing people. Yeah, I remember Patty set Rick up in an alphabet Shakespeare scene. And like, that's his bag and he loved it. But he wouldn't set me up in one. Right. Like, that's not my bag. I'm dyslexic and that does not sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Yeah, it's invaluable to know. Like, um, again, Mario, <laughs> get a lot of, Mario's getting a lot of traction in this episode. I love it. Oh, that's fine. He's so sweet, isn't he? He often will like, he knows that I love being silly characters and often we're playing very grounded uh, characters in like the main crux of our story. And then he'll often like, we'll be, we'll be like in a, in a cafe or something, a cafe scene. And he'll just like look behind him and talk to someone. Cause he'll, he'll know that I'll love to jump over there and respond as some unimportant character that can be dumb for a second. He does it all the time. I, I reckon ninety five percent of our shows have like large ensemble scenes that are <laughs> that are just mostly me, because <laughs> he just loves like putting me on that, in that um, situation. Isn't that beautiful? Like it's so beautiful, and that's what I love about improvisation when mm. we can remove our ego. Like when you play all those characters afterwards, the audience will be going. Ronnie, oh, those characters, oh, they were amazing. And then Mario gets that secret, like, warm heart. And also the other improvisers notice and go, whoa, you set Ronnie up for success? Oh, you got him jumping through all these hoops? And I just love it when we can, like, give these gifts. Mm. Yeah, it's real nice. And when we get to, like, I think what you're sort of um, speaking to is, like, you can take ownership over every laugh that happens in the show. And as soon as you can get comfortable with like, oh, when they laugh for Catherine, they're also laughing for me because Catherine can't get that laugh without me if I'm purely working to help her get them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so like then you get you uh, you get to like form a, the same relationship you have to receiving that sort of affirmation. You get to sort of apply it all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again with some trust <laughs> and again, it's just the ego again to be like, I think it's a healthy serving, serving of ego to go like, mm-hmm, I'll take that one as well. Um, <laughs> but then it's the unhealthy ego. That's like, no, I want one that's after something I said or did. <laughs> yeah. Satisfying shows are when you all walk off stage and together you're like, Hey guys, we, you don't say, hey, guys, because that's very old-fashioned. Yes, that's yep. from, like, when I started improvising 18 I'm s- years ago. I'm still trying say, to get over it myself. Hey, folks. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. 
That's yeah. so awesome. And like, you can feel the buzz of like everyone working together and just having their moment and setting stuff up. And you can tell I, I'm a physical improviser, can't you? <laughs> yeah. For those of you at home, I'm using my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much more entertaining for me uh, than it will be for the <laughs> listener. <laughs> I mean, entertaining for the listener, but extremely entertaining for me watching you perform for me right now. Yeah, so many hand actions. Do you have a culture of uh, Got Your Back at Impro Melbourne? The pre-show Got Your Backs? So that's interesting to me because we don't have it at Impro Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I've come across it only when I've travelled to... Yep. Um, other countries or states um, mm-hmm. or worked with people who maybe come from a company who does that. Yep. Uh, and sometimes what it involves is me looking in a direction and someone just whacking me <laughs> yeah. on the back and being like, yeah. got you back, and then just walking <laughs> off. And so I quite often will say something mm. naughty back to them to try and get them to connect with me if they're kind of doing it through routine, like if they're just like, Slapping everyone, being like, got your back, got your back, got your back. Yeah. I'll quite often be like, it's wrong, but, you know, like, I've got your vagina. And they're like, <laughs> and, like ah! and like, it's just that moment of, like, them doing that double take so we actually connect before we actually make eye contact. And it also kind of shocks them a bit, right? Because sometimes if someone's going around whacking everyone on the back, it's because they're nervous and they're looking for that connection. So me saying something cheeky like that makes them go, oh, and stops for a second. And then I feel like we've got the connection. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is like, I think it's a good chance for anyone who does do that routinely. Cause I, I, yeah, I totally agree. A lot of the time it's just an automatic thing that's lost all its meaning, but I think it's an opportunity to, for that to be the moment where you remind yourself like, oh, this is about this person who when I say I got your back, I have to mean it. And that has to mean that I'm going to make you look, I'm going to put the spotlight on you as often as I can. And you patting me on the back is you making a promise to me yeah. that you're going to make me look good. And yeah, I just think it's a good chance to, to I think everyone should reflect on why they do it <laughs> rather than it just being like, oh, our level one teacher told us to do it. So, <laughs> which I think is also like, I'm sure the level one teachers are also front loading it with like, this means this, <laughs> but it's just like by, uh, by the time you're performing regularly, you're just like, pat, 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 pat. <laughs> Did I manage to whack all 10 people? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I am the winner. Did you see me win that? Now I'm going to whip off stage. <laughs> um, I like uh, every time Dave Rosowski comes to visit, he, he's so, uh, firmly against it <laughs> that he'll be like he'll be like grabbing people by the shoulders and be like I see you I feel you he'll just like really intensely connect with them and yeah. it's confronting for some people because they're like oh I was just doing the thing let me do the, let me do the automatic thing <laughs> yeah I don't want to connect with you I was just <laughs> big scary Dave <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it is interesting it's funny how it gets warped right like sometimes this language gets warped like I've got your back should be a should be a nice thing, right? Mm, like it yeah. should be people connecting and going, "Hey, I've got your back." But like literally, sometimes I have a I have a um, compression fracture in the top of my back. Oh wow! 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. Have you ever seen me play in Sooth players? You see them all being like, because oh, I always pick people up and they're all going, why? Um, I don't know. My characters are very strong. Not yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had people like whack me like mm. right on that point. I think you're right. We always need to come back to the why. Like, why are we doing this? Is this serving what we're doing? And it's the same with warm-ups as well. Like, why are we shaking for 10 beats? Like, yeah. is this connecting us? Yeah. Or is this... And it's interesting too, right? Because that shaking warm-up ended up making me feel kind of excluded when I had first broken my back because I can't do it. So... Yeah, it's interesting, like really paying attention to who you have and why you are doing it. Yeah, I think the why of warm-ups is like so important. Even in like classes, I'll, I'll try to like let students know, even if it's a dumb, dumb thing like Goomba Goomba or whatever. Um, like I'll try to be like, let's talk about what this is doing and why why I would put this in the class today. Like let's have a think of like what it's giving us and if it's giving us anything because yeah i think it's another automatic thing it just becomes a cultural thing that like people who form an indie team will then be like well i guess we should shake it out and it's like <laughs> yeah. we well, don't have to <laughs> if yeah. your approach to it is i guess and a scrunched up face then like you maybe maybe you don't like it yeah. <laughs> and that's all right and it's funny too, because if we're paying attention to each other in the warm-ups and trying to make each other look good then, uh -huh. then it transfers to show, right? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something that I'd love you to... Um... So weird. I don't give my opinion that often. I feel quite luxury. I hope, I hope that's not what's coming no, across. You don't sound you don't sound luxury at all. <laughs> I'll let you know if you get aggressive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, a point I'd love you to blow up uh, just to make it clear. You said if we're making each other look good, it might make notes that are otherwise harder to give, easier to give. What yeah. did you mean by that? So, for instance, uh, sometimes when people are nervous, they might go into places that make other people feel uncomfortable. So someone might be like, oh, hey, Jeff, so glad we're here at this brothel. Um, and then you can see Jeff's face being like, Oh, I don't want to improvise in a brothel. Um, so especially when you've got brand new improvisers who, you know, this is the first time something like this has come out of their mouth. It's just come out because, um, you know, the nervous, you can kind of be like, hey, stop. Look, look at Jeff's face. He's not very inspired by that. New choice. And then, you know, obviously if that kind of, um behavior keeps going like someone keeps setting people up in locations that they don't feel comfortable it's a bigger conversation but in the moment that's so so much easier to kind of give and if we're always looking at notes from that perspective of you know are we are we making our partner look good and giving them a good time that also stays with um like physical interaction, like, you know, sometimes people don't know their body very well. And so they think they're doing this, like, <laughs> I don't know what, but, you know, they accidentally hit someone or grab someone or they haven't really watched their partner to check their partners on board. And it's like, hey, like, you need to check in. You always need to be making sure you're making your partner look good. They're, they were not on board for that. <laughs> and like, and of course, 
um, it's different if it's um, in front of a show or it's a pattern or anything like that. I'm talking more about in the beginning. And also it's interesting too, because if you're really watching your partner to give them a good time, then that means you can play different scenes with different people. So me and uh, Shay Evans uh, from uh, Sooth Players, we have been known to get very, uh, <laughs> to play very raunchy Shakespearean couples. But we have that trust and we can watch each other and and really follow that. But there's other people that I don't know as well. Like I wouldn't ever jump on stage and launch straight into a raunchy character with you. Yeah. Because I'm going to try and make you look good and we just haven't developed that trust and that language which is another thing that I find interesting about, you know, making your partner look good and sometimes people talking about, like, what are you comfortable with? Because what I'm comfortable with depends on the day, depends on the person, depends yes. on so many factors, depends if it should be part of the show. Like, me and Shay don't just go, oh, oh Macbeth, oh, oh, there's a tragedy. Oh, you know what would live and things <laughs> Uh, yeah. And because it, it also means that I like just because I know that about you or I've seen you do that with Shay doesn't mean that I can come into a show with you and do that just because yeah. I'm like, oh, Catherine's up for this sort of stuff. Um, because there's so many other things that are going into that being possible. Yes. Oh, yes. So many yeses. I'm doing like. <laughs> <laughs> Did I even answer the question? I felt like I went on a bit of a rampage. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah, notes that, uh, yeah, yeah, no, you did. It also means that then they're watching their partner. So if they have another idea that maybe doesn't inspire them, they'll start to pick up on it a little bit better. Actionable as well, right? Like, instead of just being like, don't do that, you're like, hey, look at your partner. They're not having a good time. Yeah. And because also don't is like, I have a pet peeve with this. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because a teacher will say, uh, like, it's not really the fault of the teacher. It's the, th the fault of brevity. Like, the teacher might say don't X or Y. Like, don't start scenes with high. I've already said this in the podcast that came out just today. But um, don't start scenes with high. And then the it might have been because of that moment. That one didn't work. <laughs> um, but then that improviser goes, like, they file that away in the never category. And then that becomes a rule that, like, gets in their way. Yeah, you don't want to create a, like, never, 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 because an improviser will do that. The fear will make them go, oh, wait, Catherine said I shouldn't be arguing this scene, therefore arguments are bad forever. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you know, you, in your, you're in a tragedy in Sooth Players and, like, maybe the protagonist got killed too soon. <laughs> it's like, okay, so never kill someone in the first act. And it's like, no, well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes kill someone in the first act. It's the same thing, right? Like when we were talking about before improvisers wanting to improvise, but mm -hmm. doing everything they can to mm -hmm. not improvise. Yeah. And if they find rules, especially early on, any rules, they're like, oh, that's a rule. Oh, 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 yeah, that's yeah, a rule. Yeah, and they yeah. like file them down. And then you're like, hey, 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 no, there's, there's really not very many rules. Like, yeah, yeah. Just make your partner look good and accept their offers. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's like, what now? Where are my rules? My <laughs> you have no control. What now? <laughs> now for a practical nugget. 
just listen and look at your partner. Focus on that, listening and looking at them and the rest will just come. Cool, now do you want to do a scene together? Yeah, definitely. Suggestion is Storm. I might put another log on the fire. Please, darling, I'm so cold right now. Please, put two logs on. Go crazy. Oh, it might mean that you have to chop more wood tomorrow. Oh, you know, I love chopping wood in the wintertime because I know what the end result is. I know that I'm looking after my family in the future. We've been married 12 years and I still like watching you chop wood. <laughs> You don't have to tell me twice. You don't have to tell me how long we've been married, nor that you like watching me. I know it. I see you through the window every day. That's part of the reason why I love doing it. I was thinking. Maybe maybe it's time that we... We, you know... You, stop right there. I know what you're going to say. You want me to chop naked, don't you? Oh, yes. I know it's winter and it's so cold and it's just... I've been watching the TikToks and on TikTok there's so many men who chop wood without shirts. It's, it's become almost a craving of mine and I could not imagine anybody finer than you doing it. And when I glimpse your little round moon as it pops into bed at night, I just think, imagine it with sweat glistening as you chop wood outside the window. Darling. Darling, I can't live another sec... What's wrong? Oh, I just... I felt so forward. I'm just going to keep looking at the phone. No, darling, it's been 12 years. You don't have to worry about being forward with me. Listen, if I live another moment knowing that you need to go to the TikTok to find topless men chopping because I am not meeting your desires, then I must... Act. I cannot abide by that. Right? I have no I have no issue with you looking elsewhere if it's because of what you lack at home. Okay? But I will remove the need for you to go to TikTok because I'm gonna head outside right now and I'm unbuttoning my shirt right here and despite the freezing. Oh god, it's so cold as it touches my skin. Look at my look at my skin all Bumpy and goosey. Oh, your little nipples pointing in the direction of the snow. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they've ever been this erect. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't you don't you get too excited? I'm not even out chopping oh, yet. Oh I cannot wait and oh you do have a lovely figure. Thank you, darling. Oh God, I'm taking the Oh, my goodness. It's so cold. Okay. 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 How long? Just just a, just a little question. How long do, do I need to be out there for you to feel satisfied? Oh, I, um, I don't. I don't know. We've never done this before. I can feel myself wanting it to cease pretty soon. Perhaps. Oh, do you think I could run a bath so that... The bath waiting for you at the end. Okay, well, now you've made it much easier for me. Oh, now I'm excited because a hot bath, you know, one of my favourite things, is, look, is looking outside the bathroom door whilst I'm in the bath 
It's you just pottering about the house. That's that's what gets me going. No. Yes, I. I mean, if we're being, if we're, if we're choosing today to be forward, I must say that that you sort of just meandering about the house on, on your daily, on your daily potterings, just sometimes reading, sometimes going to the to the to the uh, the bedroom to get changed for some reason. Oh yes, because I do like to look good for you, and I have so many dresses, and in this cabin in the woods, there's just never an occasion. That's right. You've got more dresses than are, there are days in the year. So if I'm being forward, I would say that, uh, uh, you know, I don't think there's a market for this on the TikTok. I haven't yet found it. But um, from from the view of the bathroom, I do I do love to see oh. it. Uh, um, so, you know, the more that you could pass the door, that'd be that'd be wonderful. I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait any you want me to get You want me to get in the bath now? No. I- okay. So you can wait. You can wait then, darling. No, I- Oh, let us take this hoover and lie next to it. <laughs> Darling, are we are we ignoring something? What? I mean, it's been eleven years since we were intimate. Maybe all of this is just Are we just longing for that? Well it's yes. Eleven years, gosh, I didn't think it was quite that long. Oh, that's quite shocking, 11 years. I've been counting. Why didn't you say something? To be honest, I didn't know that, I didn't know that you felt so strongly about me. Oh. I thought the only time that you had eyes for me was when I was chopping, but I'm getting the sense now that you and I, now that you've heard how I long for you from the bathroom, and that seemed to get you excited as well, I, I, I realised maybe we've been feeling the same way the entire time and just it took this day to be forward with one another. Yeah. And who knows, maybe this time there will be a baby. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, my friends. That was Catherine Weaver. Thank you, Catherine, for being on the show. Thanks to you, the listener, for listening to the show. Uh, remember, if you enjoyed it, you can check out Impro Melbourne's podcast, Are You Awake? It's in the show notes. And if you are not yet in classes at the Improv Conspiracy, we are back on. Hopefully this small lockdown is uh, truly a small lockdown because classes are going well. I'm currently teaching a level five and a level six class and we're having a jolly good time every week. Hopefully we can get back to that this week. Um, check out improvconspiracy.com. For all the classes we are currently running, including some sketch classes coming up and lots of shows back on at the theatre. It's all happening. Hopefully 2021 will have a lot more improv in it for all of us. Until next episode, my friends, look after yourselves and your scene partners. Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to take a moment to rate and review us on your preferred service. Five stars, please. We've got heaps of original sketch comedy on our YouTube page. Subscribe at youtube.com slash improvconspiracy. 